Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. We are finishing a series, uh, three-week series called Going Green. We're finding about biblical truths for financial peace and financial freedom. We're going to dive right into the word this morning in Psalm 24, verse 1. And it says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. Then look with me in Proverbs chapter 3. Honor the Lord. Everybody say that. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Verse 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Here's the bottom line truth for all of us. God owns it all. Will you say it with me? God owns it all. And what we're to do is honor God. We're to honor God. And he's promised in 1 Samuel 2.30 that if you honor me, I will honor you, says the Lord. But if you treat this lightly, lightly esteem him and what he's saying to do, he will lightly esteem you. This is no place for any of us to be without the full benefit of God's presence and, and help in our lives. Can I get an amen on that? We also see from Scripture that if you put him first, and that's honoring him, if you put him first, he will help you with the rest. And we all need God's help uh, rather than us being, you know, it's all mine and all my deal. You can't protect yourself. You can't bless yourself. You, you can't do what God would do. And it would be foolish for us to think that. So God owns it all. We honor the Lord, and as you honor the Lord, he will honor you. As you put him first, he will help you with the rest. Any step toward God honors God, and God will meet you there, and God will help you there. God wants us to have freedom, and he wants us to have peace in every area of our life. Now, in particular, these last two weeks and today, uh, we're looking at the area of financial peace and, and financial freedom. God wants that for you. Guess what? You want that for you. Um, Number one cause of marital stress, financial pressure. Number one cause of worry and depression, financial pressure. So what we are looking at, a very important thing to help make this work in our lives, is the concept of margin. Margin. Everybody say margin. And we've looked at this over the years, and especially in the last few weeks. The more margin you have, the less pressure you'll have. The less margin you have, the more pressure you'll have. I don't know about you, but I choose margin over pressure. I don't like pressure. I don't like you when you're under pressure. You don't like you when you're under pressure. You don't like anybody when you're under pressure, you know? And so the more margin we can have, and today we're going to look at some ways to actually gain some margin in our life. Some would say, well, none of this is spiritual. Um, Actually, this is so spiritual. You saw in the video earlier that there's over 23 hundred verses in scripture about how we handle our possessions and finances. Jesus himself taught more about finances than he did faith, heaven, and hell all combined. This is very important. It's really a heart test. And so uh, it's important that we look at these things. So last week we looked at something uh, that I called the, the margin quiz. 
And it's just to find out for yourself if you have the right margins in your life. For example, I said to you, you want to make sure that if your refrigerator breaks down, that you don't. You know, and so it's a matter of if something happens, is it cared for or is it a crisis? If something goes, goes wrong or there's a sudden need, is it cared for or is it a crisis? And if you have no margin in your life, then it's going to be a crisis. If you've got margin, then it's going to be cared for. I spoke with a young man the other night and um, his air conditioning went out in his car. And he said, Pastor, I'm glad to tell you that instead of it being a crisis, it was actually cared for because he's been, he's been acting on biblical principles of how to handle your finances. And so I would encourage all of us to do that. Amen? Now, here's the deal. Anytime on any subject, anytime on any subject that we go to God's word and get God's counsel, it's going to help us. And I want to say that again. Anytime, any subject that we go to God's word, get God's counsel on it, it's, it's going to help us. So the principle, or the plan rather, that we're looking at is what we call 10-10-80. Pastor Sean was just talking about that a little bit. 10-10-80. First 10 goes to God, the next 10 you save, and then you live on the rest. And what this is, uh, the biblical teachings on finances are actually summarized and simplified here. This is a way to kind of see it all come together, and there's scripture to back up all of those parts and the priority of all of those parts. So before I go any further today, let me tell you again my choices today. These are my options today. To never teach on this and keep everybody happy and help no one make any progress towards financial freedom and peace. That's my one choice. My other is to stand before God and to deliver the truths of his word and then just dish it out to you. And trust that you will respond how God would have you to respond to his word. I've chosen that one. I've chosen to stand before God and just teach his truths as I stand before you today. My heart is to serve you today. My heart is to help you today. And one day, if you'll, if you'll apply what we're saying, you're going to come back and say thank you to the nice man. Okay? Because I'm telling you, this is going to help you in every way in your life. Amen? If we want our lives to work, if we want our lives to make sense, if we want our lives to be whole, we cannot keep our finances separate from our Savior. If you're really wanting it to work, you can't keep your finances separate from your Savior. It's amazing to me. We'll trust him with our eternity, but we have a hard time trusting him with our finances. So it's, it's important that God is not just involved, but God is first in this. Look with me in Luke chapter 16, verse 13. It says, no one can serve two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You can't serve both. They're competing masters. One's going to point you in this direction. One's going to point you in that direction. They're going to give different commands and lead you in different ways. You cannot serve God and money. Deuteronomy 13.4 gives us a good clue here. Serve only the Lord your God then. Serve only the Lord your God and fear him alone. Obey his commands, listen to his voice, and cling to him. Now money is actually neutral. Money itself is neutral. Money is just a medium of exchange. Money takes on the spirit of who has it though. 
So I've got a $20 bill here. Yeah, I'm bragging. <laughs> and $20 bill is neutral in and of itself. Whoever's hands you put it on, it starts to serve their purposes and it takes on their spirit. So this same $20 bill could travel from a casino to a coffee shop to a drug deal to buying Girl Scout cookies to going on the mission field to being a bribe to being in grandma's purse. I was thinking about that this morning. It has nothing to do with the message. But whenever I'd ask my grandma for money, she'd always reach in her purse and it would come out like this. It was all wadded up. <laughs> and she'd have to look to see what it was. And I asked her one time, Grandma, don't you have any big bills? She said, yeah, I keep those in my bra. So. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the message. Also interesting, our currency, our paper money, uh, is in circulation on average about 20 months. And there have been tests done over the last few years on this, and it's real consistent. That 90% of our paper currency has traces of cocaine on it. Not necessarily that that money was there for drug interaction or, or uh, sale, but it it ends up mixing with in the ATM and, and all different places. I really don't think it was from grandma. <laughs> but just interesting. But money takes on the spirit of whoever is handling it. And money not submitted to God will take on the spirit of the world. And money that is used in a way that essentially resists God will be devoured. But money that serves God will be blessed. And that's what you want to have. Amen. Now, stewardship is the issue. Stewardship is the main issue. Stewardship is a spiritual issue. Stewardship is not about giving. Stewardship is not about giving more. Stewardship is about reordering. Everybody see re reordering. It's reordering your, your finances, reordering your stuff, reordering your priorities to reflect that it all belongs to God. Everything belongs to God, and we're just the stewards of it. So I hope you heard that. It's not about all the other things we would think it would be. It's about really reprioritizing our life, our priorities, our way of thinking, our finances in such a way that reflects that everything belongs to him, and we're just the stewards of it. So stewardship is a big issue and a key issue for all of us. Now look with me, if you will, in 1 Timothy chapter chapter 6 here. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Somebody had a light on me. If y'all could not do that, I can, now I can see better. All right, good. Command those who are rich in this present world. Now, first of all, this is a command to pastors and, and preachers to make a command, to tell people to do something. So I'm going to do what scripture says. And then it says, command those who are rich in this world. Well, some of you said, oh, good. He's not going to tell me anything. Because <laughs> I'm not rich. Well, those who are rich in this present world, look at me. You are rich. I said, you are rich. I'll show you in just a moment. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hopes in wealth, 
which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God is glad to bless you. God is glad to give you things to enjoy. But he doesn't want to put your hope in that. He doesn't want you to get arrogant about that. Verse 18, command them to do good, to be rich in good works, and to be generous and willing to share. So let me go back, bearing all of that in mind, but let me go back and show you that actually you are rich, okay? First of all, if you earn more than $36,000 a year, if you earn more than $36,000 a year, you are in the top 4% of wage earners on the entire planet. You're in the 4% club. And you say, well, I don't make that much, so I'm excluded. No, you're, no, no, no. You're way, way better off than the majority of the world. In fact, 71% of the world lives on less than $10 a day. In the United States, the average is $140 a day. So you are rich. Let me talk to you about something called first world problems. First world problems. Um, Here's some of the things we say and bless our hearts that we have these kind of problems. Bad cell phone coverage. Think of everybody in the world. Can't decide where to go on vacation. My computer crashed. The internet is slow. My car needs repair. My flight is delayed. It's not part of Amazon Prime. (laughs) It's not streaming on Netflix. They were out of almond milk. They put too much goat cheese on my salad. I had to park far from the door at the mall. Or there's a watering ban for our lawns in our neighborhood. Meanwhile, there are people in parts of the world, mostly women, that are carrying large containers, sometimes a couple miles, to go and get water and bring it back to the village so that they can cook and so they can drink. First world problems. You're rich in this present world. Then there's something called the latte factor. A Christian financial advisor named David Bach uh, was counseling a couple, trying to help them actually with this 10-10-80 plan. And he was with a young couple, both of them employed. They had two small children. And he said, you know, 10-10-80. They said, well, there's no way we can do any of that. And he said, well, let me, let me talk you through and see if there is. He said, can you set aside... And let me just go ahead and give you a heads up so you get excited. I'm actually going to do some math. (laughs) Live. Live right here. It's going to happen. Jesus, help me. But he said, is there any way that you could set aside $10 a day? And they said, there's no way we can do that. It is just too tight. He said, okay, let me sit down with each of you, and I just want to talk through your average day. Tell me what you do, where you go. And I'll, I'll abbreviate this, but by the end of it all, after their daily Starbucks visit, vending machine at work, stop by Target on their break, Chipotle or Panera, Redbox, 
red box late fees, all of that, it totaled up to $88.30 in a day. And he said, maybe we can change this. And they said, but we enjoy that. And he said, but if I could tell you the difference it would make if you changed it, would you do it? And they decided to do it. That's the math I'll show you in a moment. Actually, the average American worker spends almost $1,100 a year on coffee that they buy out, spend almost $1,500 a year commuting, and spend almost $2,000 on eating out lunch. And so I don't want to say no to all these things, do I? Don't think of it as saying no to those things. Think of it as saying yes to something else. So here's what you, here's what you do. We understand 10, 10, 80. I just want to show you how to get some margin and show you how to change your future. If you will deal with it all and find $10 a day for just five days a week, Okay, so just five days a week. That's $50 in a month. You go, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I just showed you how you could. $50 a week. There's 52 weeks in a year. That's $2,600 a year. Now, if you take that and you get some good advice and you invest it, you're saving and you're investing. There's something called the miracle of compounding interest. Get some good advice on this. And here's what will happen. You ready for this? Monthly, $10 a day, five days a week, it ended up being about $200 a month. If you start that at age 25, age 25, by the time you're 65, Assuming a, a return of 12%, which is reasonable, you could expect that, you, you turn that money into almost $2.4 million. And do you know how much you actually only set aside? $104,000. But through the miracle of compounding interest, your $104,000 that you saved over those 40 years turns into $2.4 million. And if you wait five years, though, this is still going to be 93, almost $94,000 that you set aside. Not that much different, but you waited five more years, and it's almost a million dollars less. It's still $1.3 million. How many of you wouldn't mind having that waiting for you, okay? And then if you wait till your age 40, and you would have put aside then over those years $65,000, you're coming up on almost $400,000. That's still pretty hefty. But see, don't put it off. I said, don't put it off. And some of you are 60 and 70 go, why didn't I know this? <laughs> well, tell your kids and tell your neighbors. And, and, and uh, yeah. But look what would happen. Look what would happen if we would just squeeze out some margin there. And God will help you to do it. We have first world problems. We have the latte factor. We are spoiled people. I can't do without that. I can't do without that. And I'm telling you what, one day you will have to do without it because you didn't plan well and you weren't disciplined now. And so you've got to set it up for the future. Put God first, then save, and then live on the rest. Look in Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13, verse 11, whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. 
Tell your kids now. Help your kids now to start doing it. I would give anything for all of us if that had happened. I know I've said this week after week, but what if the first time you babysat, uh, mowed a lawn, washed a car, did, did something for somebody, the first time you started getting allowance, from that point on, if you had been honoring God and saving and living on the rest, think what your life would look like now. I promise you, you would, you would have financial freedom and you would have financial peace. One day you're going to say thank you to the nice man, okay? I know right now you're processing. You're processing, but there's a way to do this. We only want to help you. I'm trying to serve you with this today. We're trying to get information to you, resources to you, helps to you. You can get to our groups hub, and we have... We have classes and we have groups. We have Financial Peace University. All of that is free to you. We've been giving out this resource card with this series that also will help you with a number of things. Um, Tomorrow or the next day, if you are on our email list, if we have your email, we're emailing out a resource email to you that will further give you some ways so that you can figure some of these things out. I believe in in everything being disciplined in your life. My wife and I have set ourselves up on the Secure Give site from from our uh, from our website, so that every week, no matter what's going on, whether we so we don't forget. So if something comes up during the week, we are set to go every week, to, and and we thank God every week. We honor God every week, but our tithe goes in just automatically like that. At last week, actually, close to fifty percent of contributions of the church were done that way. That way you're going ahead, you're putting it in motion. You, you're in all kinds of subscriptions and paying this and paying that, and everybody's taking it automatically in that way. And I'm telling you what, pull it God first. That's one way to help you. If you still like to do it another way, do it that way. We've got giving kiosks set up on the mobile app you can give. Those of you watching on internet, you can give. There's a giving tab. Just based on what we're talking about, you need to find good ground so that you can give into the work of God, then begin to save, and then live on the rest. Let me boil it all down, and then we're going to bring this in for landing this morning. Here's what you do. Honor God. Everybody say, honor God. Secondly, get out of debt. Say it. There's a plan called the snowball plan. And what you do, most people don't have one credit card, two credit cards. They have seven or eight credit cards. And what you need to do is take the smallest balance that you owe. Because I could give you the numbers on, you know, some people think paying the minimum is a good financial plan. You are going to pay so much interest and it is going to take you so long and it is hindering you the whole time. What you need to do, because it's hard for you to attack at the top, you need to go grab the smallest one by the tail. And I mean jerk a knot in its tail. You hear me? And hit it. Do what you've got to do. Skip some of your coffee. Do some other, you know, don't get that phone upgrade. Don't buy that lizard case for your phone. You know, do, do some things. I know you think you need it, but do some things to cut some margin and attack that smallest balance that you owe. Kill it. And then once you kill it, celebrate. And then don't go celebrate with what you were paying. Take that amount and now apply it to that next, next smallest one. Knock it out. God will help you. God will will come in and and start to help you. Knock that one out. Take all that you were paying on the others and now pile it up on this other one. And you've got a snowball going. And before you know it, you're going to be done with credit card debt. There's more on that that you can find out in some of the resources. The next is this. Live on less than you make. Novel idea. Yet in the United States, average is people are living on 118% of their income. 
People are spending more than they make, and that is not sustainable, and that's why we end up in bondage to credit, and we're just holding our breath that nothing happens. No peace, no freedom, just hoping things just keep going just as they are. You must live on less than you make. And then lastly is this, be generous, be generous. Everybody say be generous. We're actually called to generosity. Scripture calls us, God calls us, God demonstrated generosity. Generous giving toward God's work. Generous giving towards helping others is the most rewarding of all human activities. It's a subset of love. It delivers us from selfishness. And it delivers us into a world of grace and gratitude and joy. If you will make it your business to be generous, God will always make sure that you're able to be generous. And when you give generously, you're choosing heaven as the place to put your treasures. You're doing what God told you to do. You're doing what God himself did. And the reward for that is transcendent. There's reward inside, but that's not the reward. There's some reward outside, but that's not the real real reward. The reward is from above. When God's blessing comes on a people because they choose to honor him and realize that it belongs to him, not me, and I will handle it in a way that he wants me to do, I'm telling you what, that honors God. And that's the bottom line. Honor God and he will honor you. And any step toward God honors God, and God will meet you there, and God will help you there. And based on God's word, and I want to tell you what, you can count upon it. If you put God first... God will help you with all the rest. You say, but I'm in a tight spot. I'm in a mess. I'm telling you, that's where God meets us is in our tight spot and in our mess. So turn your heart, turn your stuff, turn your mind to God and begin to do things in a way that is God-honoring. God will show up, and we all need him to show up. My prayer for you is that you will walk this through. We're here to help you in any way that we can because God wants for you, I want for you, you want for you, financial peace, and financial freedom. Amen? Did you get anything at all out of this this morning? All right. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.